0: From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins.
1: Welcome to Washington Watch. Thanks for tuning in. Well, coming up on this Tuesday edition, President Biden spoke this afternoon about Hamas's attack on Israel, and he made clear where the United States stands. So in this moment, we must be crystal clear. We stand with Israel. We stand with Israel. But... What does that mean? When asked about the Biden administration refreezing the $6 billion released last month to Iran, National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan said this.
2: You just laid out all of the ways that Iran is complicit in this and facilitated it over years of support for Hamas. Is that reason enough to freeze, refreeze the $6 billion that the U.S. helped unlock for them to get in exchange for the prisoners?
3: We have not yet
1: had a dollar of that $6 billion spent, and I will leave it at that. We'll talk with South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham in just a moment. Kentucky Congressman Andy Barr, a member of the House Foreign Affairs Committee, will also join me later and weigh in on the topic. The war in Israel is the backdrop as House Republicans gather to select a new leader.
3: Members want to come together. We've got to get back on track. This is a dangerous world right now. Uh, Let me say it again. We stand strongly with Israel. The House needs to get back to work. Uh, That means we've got to select a speaker.
1: That was House Majority Leader Steve Scalise, one of the two contenders currently seeking the speaker's post. We'll get an update on the effort to select a speaker a little bit later. We'll also get a report from one of the scientists behind Israel's Iron Dome missile defense system. Dr. Ari Sasher joins us live from Israel. And Carolyn Glick, a contributing editor for the Jewish News Syndicate and a senior fellow for Middle Eastern Affairs at the Center for Security Policy, will talk about the policies that really set the stage for this brutal terrorist attack. That's coming up later on Washington Watch. Also, Paul Crouch Jr., a part of the Washington Watch team, is actually in Israel, and he's going to join us with an update from Jerusalem. We are all praying for Israel, and I would encourage you to do so. But we also need to be praying for the House of Representatives as they meet this week to select a new leader. This vacuum, this void of leadership is dangerous. So before the voting begins tomorrow, I'm going to let them know that you are praying for them. Simply text the word speaker to 67742. That's the word speaker to 67742. You'll get a link, sign up, and I will deliver that to them tomorrow before they start voting. Our word for today comes from Acts 21. A certain prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. When he had come to us, he took Paul's belt, bound his own hands and feet, and said, Thus says the Holy Spirit, so shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. Now, when we heard these things, both we and those from that place pleaded with him not to go up to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, What do you mean? by weeping, and breaking my heart, for I am ready not only to be bound, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. So when we would not persuade him, we ceased, saying, the will of the Lord be done. Fear cannot grip the heart of a life gripped by the power of God. To join us in our journey through the Bible, go to frc.org Bible. The Biden administration's September 11th deal to release $6 billion to the Iranian regime faces renewed scrutiny this week following the brutal attacks on Israel from the terrorist group Hamas, which has long received funding and support from Iran. Twenty Republican senators have called on President Biden to refreeze the cash transfer following the attacks, which killed a confirmed 14 Americans, along with thousands of Israelis. But... It's not just Iran that is funding Hamas in Gaza. The U.S. has been giving billions of dollars to the Palestinians. Joining me now by phone to discuss this and more, Senator Lindsey Graham from South Carolina. He serves on four Senate committees, including the Senate Judiciary Committee, where he's the ranking member, and the
4: Senate Appropriations
1: Committee. Uh, Senator Graham, welcome back to Washington Watch.
4: Well, thank you. Uh, I really want to echo what you said about praying for our friends in Israel. Now's the time.
1: Let me ask you this question, are Iran's fingerprints on this attack on Israel?
4: Does the sun rise in the east and set in the west? It is impossible for this coordinated attack on Israel, land, sea, and air, very complicated, very sophisticated, in my view, to be planned and executed without Iran's knowledge. So the administration is willfully trying to avoid labeling Iran as part of this. I am 100% confident the Iranians were very much involved in this particular attack and they've been involved in helping Hamas uh for a, over a generation. Let's just put it this way. You got to understand who the enemy is. When I say Russia, I think of a guy trying to recreate the Soviet Union Russia Empire. When I look at Rocket Man in North Korea, I think of a thug trying to stay alive. When I look at the Chinese, I think of a communist dictatorship trying to have influence throughout the world. When I look at the Ayatollah in Iran, I see a religious Nazi. He's different than everybody I've just described. The Shi'ism that he uh, uh, adheres to requires him to destroy the Jewish people in Israel, to purify uh, Islam in the image of Shi'ism, not Sunniism, and to come after us. He's a religious Nazi. He is not going to stop till somebody makes him stop. Uh, this attack by Hamas could not have been possible without help from Iran, and Hamas, they're religious Nazis also. We have miscalculated for generation now who Iran really is. Israel is in a box. They have to go in on the ground and destroy Hamas to their greatest capability. Iran is threatening to launch attacks from the north using Hezbollah as a proxy. I am calling on this administration to tell the Iranians if there's further escalation, if one hostage is killed, if another group attacks Israel, we will destroy your oil infrastructure and put you out of business. If we do not do that, this war gets bigger.
1: Senator, let's talk about this history of appeasement where we have this international uh, community pressuring Israel to back off. We, we saw it. The first tweets out of the Biden administration was, well, we got to be be restrained in your response. Isn't that what brought us to this point of not taking them Amen. at Amen. their word Amen. and taking the action?
4: They're not a normal. What does the Ayatollah want? I'm going to ask you. I'm interviewing you. Now. What is the agenda for the Ayatollah and his regime? What does he want?
1: Well, you just laid it out. He wants to destroy Israel. He wants to destroy America. He sees he is bringing in uh, in their eschatology the, the final uh, conflict of the
4: world. Yeah, he's trying to spread Shiism throughout Islam and dominate Sunni, the, 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 the Arabs. That's what he wants. What did Hitler want? Nobody believed he wanted to kill all the Jews, but he did. Right, right. He wanted a master race. But they've told us they want to do that. Uh, the Ayatollah that. wants a master religion. If you don't get that by now, you're making a huge mistake. So all those in the 30s who thought Hitler just wanted a little more territory uh, that was German-speaking, they didn't read his book. Right, right. I listened to the Ayatollah speeches. I have been briefed by the CIA. I know what they want. They want to kill all the Jews. They want to destroy Islam as we know it and they want to come after us, it is now time to bring them to heel.
1: I I want to play a clip from the U.N. Secretary General, Antonio Guterres, because this is what we're going to hear. Uh, This is what, clip number four.
5: This most recent violence does not come in a vacuum. The reality is that it grows out of a long-standing conflict with a 56-year-long occupation and no political end in sight. It's time to end this vicious circle of bloodshed, hatred, and polarization.
3: America
1: needs to completely (laughs) repudiate that type of Uh,
4: message. I'm going to do it right now on your show, and let me tell you why. Israel has made peace with Arab countries through the Abraham Accords. Mm -hmm. Israel is seeking a peace agreement with Saudi Arabia, the center of Sunni Islam. So there's plenty of evidence that Israel can make peace with uh, Islamic nations who seek peace. What the Secretary General doesn't understand is that the motivation of Hamas, Hezbollah, and the Ayatollah is to destroy the Jewish state. So Israel is capable of making peace with its neighbors, but it would be asking Israel to make peace with Adolf Hitler. That's what we're talking about. The Ayatollah wants to kill all the Jews because of his religious doctrine. So that's what people don't get. I get it. You get it. Right. Don't ask Israel to try to accommodate a group of people who want to destroy them.
1: Uh, Senator, you you brought up these conversations that are taking place between Saudi Arabia and Israel, building on the historic... Uh, Abraham, Accords, that Abraham Accords, where we are looking at Saudi Arabia and Israel normalizing relationships there. Do you think that might have been something that triggered Iran to send Hamas into Israel to disrupt that conversation?
4: Yeah. Well, I'm trying not to cuss on your program because you're a very good guy and you have a lot of nice people listening. Uh, uh, yeah, a thousand percent. I talked to the Saudi ambassador yesterday I said, "Don't you think they're trying to stop the deal between Saudi and Israel, which would marginalize Iran?" He said, "She said a thousand percent. The Israelis believe a thousand percent. If you don't believe Iran's behind this attack, you're just you, you just don't want to believe it. The reason they did it now is that we're getting close to a deal to end the Arab-Israeli conflict that would isolate Iran even further, and they're trying to stop this peace deal. That's why they're doing it." And that's why I'm going go go over to Saudi Arabia and Israel and not let Iran get away with it.
1: Let me ask you this, Senator, about reports that weapons, material that was left behind in Afghanistan has, was found on the battlefield from Hamas, having access to that. Do, have you been able to verify any of that?
4: I, I don't know that, but I know this, that the head of the, uh, the brigade command, Hamas, Publicly in a tweet, thanked Iran for their weapons, their their technology, and their assistance. If you got any doubt, just read the man's tweet. Again, Hitler wrote a book. People didn't want to believe it because they didn't want a World War II after World War One. They were in the appeasement mode, anything but war. Well, Israel can't afford to make that mistake. The people that are trying that Israel that attacked Israel, they want to kill the state of Israel. They don't want a land deal. They're not looking for borders that we can live peacefully with. They're not looking for coexistence. They're looking for destruction of the Jewish state. If you don't get that by now, you're missing a lot.
1: Right. So, Senator Graham, last question for you. What should be the next solid steps? I know the president today said that we stand with Israel. What do we need to do to show that is, in fact, the case?
4: Well, what the president didn't do is mention the word Iran. We need to put the Iranians on notice that the the pillage and the murder and the destruction is coming to an end. You're responsible for killing 14 Americans. If one of these hostages is executed by Hamas, if there's an escalation uh, against Israel in any way, we're going to you, Iran. We're going to put you out of the oil business. You won't have any money to sponsor terrorism. Number two, we need to be all in with giving Israel what they need if they have to attack Iran, but to go in on the ground and destroy Hamas, which will be one bloody fight, and never suggest they have to stop. We should give right. Israel the, the freedom of action and all the weapons they need to destroy Hamas. We should put Iran on notice. You're next if this gets bigger.
1: All right, Senator Lindsey Graham, I have got to leave it there. Thanks so much for uh, joining us today. Always At great left. to talk with you. Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina, again, be praying. Um, This is not going to be fast. That is one of the most densely populated areas um, in the country, in the world. When you look at Gaza, the Gaza Strip, it is going to be very intense. All right, don't go away. We're coming back with more Washington Watch on the other side of this break.
2: Get this free guide at frc.org slash pro-life men to learn more about the important role men play in protecting unborn lives.
1: Welcome back to Washington Watch. Good to have you with us. The website, TonyPerkins.com. All right. Uh, as I mentioned yesterday, as the, uh, the house will be meeting, uh, Momentarily, just to uh, hear from the candidates who are vying for speaker, and we need to pray for them. And so we have a prayer pledge that actually is going to be delivered them tomorrow before they vote, just to encourage and let not praying for a specific outcome other than that America be in a good position and God be glorified. So, if you'd like to sign that petition, text the word "speaker" to six 67- seven. 742 that speaker to 67742 well as we've been discussing the hostilities in israel continue following hamas's invasion of israel with israeli prime minister benjamin netanyahu declaring yesterday that israel while they did not start this war they will finish it so here at home a resolution of support for israel has been drafted in the house but it cannot move forward until there's a speaker And as of today, it uh, does not appear that uh, the leading candidates for the speakership, Louisiana Congressman Steve Scalise, Ohio Congressman Jim Jordan, neither one appear to have marshaled the necessary support to win the election outright. Still, House Republicans head into a GOP conference meeting this evening and remain optimistic for a vote this week. So with chaos now threatening the Middle East, Ukraine and even our own southern border, it is essential that House Republicans reach consensus. Is it going to happen? Joining me now to discuss this and much more, Congressman Andy Barr. He serves on the House Foreign Affairs Committee, the House Financial Services Committee, and the Republican Study Committee Steering Committee. He represents the 6th Congressional District of Kentucky. Congressman Barr, welcome to Washington Watch. Good to see you.
3: Good to see you too, Tony, and thank you for those prayers for our leaders uh, and for discernment. And, of course, uh, for the, the the people of Israel.
1: Yeah, I, I want to start with, uh, well, let's start with, with Israel. Just, I want to get your thoughts on this. You're on the, the, the House Foreign Affairs Committee. Um, this is quite shocking, frankly. I've worked with Israelis in the past and, and back when I used to do anti-terrorism in the late 80s and early 90s. Uh, they have some of the best intel in the world, but it appears they were caught off guard.
3: That's certainly an area of oversight uh, as we look at the after action here. Congress needs to look at uh, why the intelligence uh, community was caught off guard. Uh, We do know now that uh, Hamas and Hezbollah and some of these other terror proxy groups have been working actively with the Iranians uh, and the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, the Quds Force, uh, for some time in preparation for this unprovoked act of aggression really a barbaric massacre of innocent civilians. We are now getting reports uh, from southern uh, Israel near Gaza where the invasion initially took place. Uh, Just the brutality is just unprecedented where we have uh, now reports of uh, children and even babies decapitated, uh, elderly taken hostage, Uh, just the uh, massacre of innocent women, children, uh, and civilians who are non-combatants uh, over 150 individuals now taken hostage by these terrorist invaders. Uh, and then we also are seeing uh, continued rocket attacks into a southern and central Israel. Of course, we don't want an escalation into a, a wider war. We do think that there are threats in the north from Hezbollah uh, into Israel. Uh, but absolutely, uh, the United States must stand by our ally our, uh, the beacon of freedom in that region uh, and defend Israel's right to defend itself. Uh, and this is going to be a difficult process, but we must stand by Israel uh, as they defend their sovereignty, as they defend their people uh, against this barbaric attack.
1: Yesterday, Prime Minister Netanyahu described them as ISIS. And when you look at what they have perpetrated upon these innocent civilians, it looks exactly like what ISIS did uh, to to their victims. I mean, this is uh, it's just it's un, indescribable, the brutality that we see here.
3: Absolutely. And, and one thing that I think also Congress needs to investigate uh, is uh, the policy choices that have been made that have invited this aggression. Um, look, ultimately, it's the terrorists themselves who are responsible and need to be held to account. Uh, and that's why we must defend Israel's right to defend itself, uh, and the military operations that are that are that are that are going on now and are, that are forthcoming. Uh, but it does also underscore the fact that weakness invites aggression. Yeah. And groveling with the mullahs in Tehran and trying to uh, get an Iran nuclear deal and sanctions relief, sanctions relief that helps finance this kind of terrorist activity. This is the wrong policy. Uh, And so uh, uh, we've got a lot of questions for Secretary of State Blinken, uh, for the Biden administration, for the policies that they have pursued, uh, the policies of abandoning maximum pressure, which was preventing Iran from financing these kinds of terrorist activities. We want to know um, why these policies have been pursued and certainly uh, the extent to which they have clearly failed. So,
1: so Congressman Barr, let me go back to the, to, to the present situation there in, in Gaza with Israel. And you said we have to stand with Israel, you 100 percent. But we see that the international community will only go so far in allowing Israel to determine their own future and protect themselves in the past. There's always been this international push for appeasement with the, with the United States going along with that in most cases. This is a different situation.
3: Yeah, th- this attack, which of course comes on the 50th anniversary of the 1973 Yom Kippur War, the invasion of Israel, uh, is, a, is a, a moment in time where it's, a, it, it's a, a time for choosing, as Ronald Reagan once said. We, we have to choose the side of democracy and freedom and humanity and civilization against barbarism, terrorism, uh, and brutality. And we, we should call on the nations of the world at the United Nations and other international fora uh, to stand with Israel, to stand with the United States. Because as these terrorists have invaded uh, the sovereign territory of Israel, uh, they have chanted not only death to Israel, but death to America. Right. And we we should call on our allies, our partners around the world to stand with Israel uh, and um and stand against uh, this kind of terrorism.
1: Uh, Congressman var tw- 20 seconds left, but are you optimistic that we may have a House speaker by the end of the week?
3: I am optimistic. Uh, we are blessed with two wonderful trusted conservative leaders in Jim Jordan and Steve Scalise. I've announced my endorsement for Steve Scalise mainly because he is a uniter and a fighter. We know that from his uh, surviving that gunshot wound and for being an advocate for members but, you know, Jim is a great fighter as well. What I yeah. like about Steve Scalise is he said that if Jim Jordan gets the majority vote, he's going to support Jim Jordan. That's Con- the kind of self sacrificial leadership we, we need. we got
1: to leave it there. Thanks for joining us. Always good to see you. Folks, stick around. We're back after this. Welcome back to Washington Watch. Good to have you with us. Uh, When I woke up Saturday morning, um, I have an app on my phone from my frequent trips to uh, to Israel. And I didn't realize that I still had the red alert on. And so there were a number of rocket attacks that it comes up on on the phone, get these alerts. But I had no idea because these are not. This this happens a, a fair amount, but the volume then began to increase. And then I knew this was something different. And by the day's end the world had witnessed the largest single day massacre massacre of Jews since the Holocaust because it wasn't just rockets it was an invasion. With their country now at war how are Isl- Israelis responding and what can we expect in the days ahead? Join me now from Israel with an update is the uh, the primary engineer behind Israel's Iron Dome missile defense system which I've seen in action myself. He is a rocket scientist, Dr. Ari Sasher. He is a senior policy advisor for our friends at the U.S.-Israel Education Association, also works for a large Israeli defense contractor. contractor. Uh, Dr. Sasher, welcome to Washington Watch. Good to see you again.
6: Good to see you, Tony.
1: Been praying for you and all of our friends there in Israel. Give us uh, the, the latest now that, uh, you know, things. It, it sounds as if the IDF has retaken most of the territory but the we're still seeing
6: the rockets coming in. Yeah, yeah, they were about um uh, at least fifteen hundred um, uh, Hamas operatives. Hamas is the, uh, the terror organization that uh, runs and administers uh, Gaza. Gaza is surrounded by a huge fence. Uh, they breached the fence. They um, they low tech us. Maybe if I have time, I might talk about that. And they they just low tech us and they they swarmed into the country and they um, they just entered 22 different towns, committed atrocities of every way, shape, and form, uh, murdered, raped, um, and took uh, hostages back to Gaza. We didn't get our footing until later on in the afternoon. Um, they, they knocked out um, our, our methods of, uh, of uh, communication and, uh, and um, our observation towers. and weren't really sure what was going on. It took us the better part of uh, two days to clean out the area, um, what you're seeing over there, by the way, is this is the fire that came that that Tony was talking about. It happened about 6:30 in the morning our time. What you see underneath it are paragliders that came in. the fi- the, the fire was um, was was really a, a diversion tactic to get our. Fire. We're used to rocket fire; we can live with that. Iron Dome was really rendered it a nuisance. But um, these these uh, terrorists came in and they also breached the fence. Um, we have since cleared out all of the areas. We are now um, counting our dead we're now burying our dead in another uh, half hour uh, one of the dead from my town up north will be um taken out to be buried we are all uh leaving our houses and standing on the street with israeli flags as they as they take him to his uh to his final burial place let me ask you
1: about that ari because you have several adult children that uh are in the IDF and you know um, Israel has been kind of divided, a lot of political turmoil in the last few years, but now they are united. They, they had more men and women showing up in the, that were called up in the military than they had room for.
6: They had 150 percent of the people that they called actually showed up. And what's amazing was that we were a country for the last better part of the year. We were a country that was um, that was our society was fraying. Um, many people um, felt that we were on the verge of a civil war. Um, the the government was trying to uh, to pass laws. To that that would change uh, um, uh, judicial reform laws, and there was there was a, an outcry. People were saying oh, we're not going to do reserve duty anymore. But when this happened, all of that was thrown aside. And one of two things could have happened: the, go- the 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 country could have just imploded, or we could have. Been galvanized, and what happened was we became galvanized. We went. I dropped my son off on Saturday night at um, at his uh, point of meeting where um, where his uh, unit met. There were so many cars. There was there there were thousands of cars there was nowhere to park my car he had to walk 15 minutes to get where he needed to get and he was walking with throngs of people of every way shape, every every type of israeli the orthodox the non-orthodox people with side locks people that are bald with with tattoos we were all going for that purpose and, and since then there's there's just been a a an onslaught of israelis bringing inundating my uh, the my, my sons are sending messages stop bringing us food stop bringing us supplies we, there's nowhere to put it anymore. This country has been galvanized, and we are not looking for retribution because, Tony, you can't ask retribution for what happened. We are looking to rid the world of Hamas, looking to exterminate Hamas, and we are well and truly going down that path. It's a horrific word to use, but after what they did, they've shown that they are, you act like subhumans, you will be treated like subhumans, and the IDF is well and truly capable of doing what it needs to do.
1: Well, I've been around the prime minister a number of times, met with him on multiple trips there to to Israel. And I sensed in his voice yesterday a determination. As he said, we didn't start this, but we will finish it. And and I know when Israelis make commitments like that, they follow through. Um, So know that our folks here in the United States, Christians, evangelicals, as you and I have talked about before, have a great love for for Israel and for our Jewish friends. And we're going to be praying uh, for you and for the country, and I, I appreciate much. you taking time to to join us tonight, Ari.
6: Very much, Tony. All All i right, We'll best, talk man. to you soon.
1: Cheers, Dr. Ari Sasher. And I would encourage you to be praying for for Israel. I mean, this this if you've not been there, you don't understand the the compact nature of that country, how small it is, and how people do almost everybody knows somebody in each community. This is going to be a long time, even after the hostilities have ended, of healing. They're tough people. Hey, don't go away. When we come back, we're going to continue our conversation looking a little bit at the history. Caroline Glick joins us next here on Washington Watch. Don't go away. This is Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, your host. Thanks for joining us on this Tuesday. The website, TonyPerkins.com. And again, I want to remind you, tomorrow we will be uh, delivering to the Republican conference your prayer petitions, letting them know that you are praying for them as they make this decision of selecting a leader. We need to get a House speaker so the House can move forward. I mean, what we see happening on the, glo- on the world stage is a reminder that America needs to lead. So text the word SPEAKER to 67742 speaker to 67742 sign the prayer pledge and uh, i'm going to get those to them when they meet tomorrow before they vote all right um joining us now from jerusalem is actually a a member of uh, the extended member of the washington watch team Paul Crouch, Jr. is uh, is a part of our team here. He's actually over in Jerusalem right now. We've been uh, communicating with him over the weekend, and he joins us uh, from Jerusalem. Paul, to Washington Watch.
5: Thank you, my friend. It's an honor to be here. And uh, man, talk about uh, for such a time as this. Well, the timing
1: of uh, you being there, I know you're, you've been trying to get out. Uh, flights have been canceled. Uh, I, I know you sent me some pictures of the intercepts, interceptions of the Iron Dome, shooting down some of the, the, the rockets on the outskirts of Jerusalem. Well, we just had on the, one, of the, one of the main scientists behind the Iron Dome, Dr. R. E. Sasher, who's been a longtime friend, and uh, it's been working quite well. Um, and, and and so I want to get your sense of what you're seeing there now in Jerusalem.
5: Well, Tony, right now over my shoulder, I'm in probably one of the most strategic places on the planet. And over my shoulder here is uh, Mount Zion. The Dome of the Rock is literally right behind me. It's peeking up over the horizon there. And the Al-Aqsa Mosque, and many are calling this the Al-Aqsa War. But uh, Saturday, last Saturday morning, Brenda and I got up and we were heading out to go do some shooting and uh, with, with a the camera, camera, not a gun. Sorry. Yeah, yeah exactly. And uh, so all of a sudden we hear the air raid sirens going off. And at first, you know, you're kind of stirring. You don't know, is this real? Is it a test? But uh, Brenda walked out with her phone to to really uh, record the sound. And then all of a sudden I looked up and I said, Brenda, uh, this is not a drill because we saw the streaks coming through the sky right over the hotel. We're near Jerusalem, obviously. We're outside the old city. But then within 30 seconds, we hear the boom, boom, boom. And, And I don't know, unless you've ever really felt it in person, that there's a concussion that you feel that is unlike anything I've ever experienced.
7: Mm hmm.
1: I was just talking with Dr. Sasher about, you know, Israel has been divided over the last year, a lot of political turmoil, but this has galvanized and brought them together. What's your sense of interacting with uh, Israelis there in in Jerusalem?
6: Yeah,
5: make no mistake to all watching this, and I've heard it from several people, locals, uh, Israelis, Jews, Arabs. This is their version, Tony, of 9-11. They are as shocked as this and as stunned as we were, uh, you know, on 9-11 almost 20 years ago or over 20 years ago. So they don't know how that Gaza Strip was breached. There's questions there. They don't know how thousands poured over that border. I mean, if you've ever been to the Gaza border, it makes the California-Mexican border look like a chain link fence. I mean, it's literally 30 feet right. 30-foot concrete walls. It's razor wire. And that was breached. And that whole no man's land is monitored by infrared cameras, drones, satellites. And that is a question that I think is going to take a while to be answered. But we saw very quickly a swift and powerful response from the Israeli army. Uh, They've called up all the reserves. In fact, two of the uh, guys I was working with on our crew are being called up and it's, uh, th- they're going to deal with this very, very quickly.
1: Well, Paul, uh, I want to say I want to thank you for, for joining us there late in, uh, in Israel and, and want to let you know, we've been, I've been praying for you specifically, you and Brenda, and, uh, pray that you get home safely and get home soon.
5: Thank you. Can I give you one quick scripture, Tony, that's, yeah, absolutely. That, that the Lord gave my wife and it's, uh, uh, it's simply this. It says, They that trust the Lord shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be removed, but abideth forever, as the mountains are round about Jerusalem. So the Lord is round about his people from henceforth, even forever. Very appropriate for this very critical time.
1: And it's something we could stand on, the word. Amen. Good to see you, Paul. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Paul Crouch, See you soon. Jr. All right. Coming to us from Israel. Uh, Arnold Toynbee, talking about what this has done for Israel and galvanizing support, bringing the country together. Arnold Toynbee, historian in the study of history, wrote about, you know, in in the demise of civilizations, one thing that keeps civilizations going is the external threat. And you know what? Israel has lived with that external threat. And, And we see them once again coming together and getting... New life, I think this is it 's going to be very fascinating on the other side of this, and i I believe they 're going to be victorious, but the strength that we see the renewed strength that we 'll see of Israel well joining me now to uh, to talk more about this and the history of this conflict in particular with Gaza is a senior contributing editor for the Jewish news syndicate Carolyn Glick she is uh, also a senior fellow for Middle East Affairs at the Center for Security Policy in Washington. She's a lecturer at Israel's College of Statesmanship and uh, the host of the uh, Carolyn Glick Show. Kellyn, welcome to Washington Watch. Good to see you again.
7: Thanks so much for having me on your program, Tony. So, um, you know,
1: we've we've looked at the the current things that are as they're unfolding. Um, I mean, this you have to say that the the. Israelis are known for their intelligence. I mean, I I worked with them back when I was in the anti-terrorist business back in the the late 80s and early 90s, and they were the best in the business. Was it the the, kind of the internal uh, turmoil that maybe distracted them from seeing this unfold?
7: Um, You know, uh, one of Israel's uh, uh, reporters, Arab affairs reporters, uh, reported two days ago that based on interrogations of uh one of the terrorists uh in the south that was um that was taken live uh by the Israeli military, um he said that they were in fact emboldened by the uh by the division inside of Israel. So yes, I think you know it, it did uh weaken Israel's position vis a vis our enemies and uh and so it uh it It played a role is what uh this uh terrorist apparently said in his um, in his interrogation.
1: What about u s policy as we've seen this administration releasing unfreezing eight uh six billion dollars to Iran? Uh, I- any evidence there to suggest that that played a part in this?
7: um yes well first of all i want to thank uh, president biden uh he gave a, an important statement today about uh it reinstating his uh full support for israel and his readiness to aid israel in any way necessary saying that it was his highest priority uh today uh so that was that was a good uh, uh we appreciate that very much but uh, the thing that's mainly concerning for israel is that you know just the day before the hamas attack um uh, Secretary of State Tony Blinken approved another $75 million uh, in aid to the Palestinians, and uh, advancing the cause of the Palestinians against Israel has been a central, uh, a central focus of the Biden administration. People like Hadi Amar, uh, who's uh, the presidential envoy to the Palestinians, has a long history of supporting Palestinian terrorism against Israel, and he has a very senior position in the. Biden administration, as does the Director of Intelligence in the National Security Council, Meyer Bitar, and other very key people who are responsible for implementing uh President Biden's Middle East policies in the National Security Council, in the White House, and in the State Department, among other places. So um, uh, you're right, the uh administration has also made it until now a key goal of their policy to uh what they call integrate uh Iran into the Middle East through nuclear appeasement. And to that end, as you mentioned, they just approved the unfreezing of $6 billion in oil revenues from uh, the South Koreans to be transferred to Iran. Um, and so uh, the the support that America is now showing for Israel is, is very, very, uh, we're very, very uh, happy to receive it. And it does empower Israel, or at least uh, I think it does uh, uh, strengthen our our deterrence, which was obviously undermined in a in a horrible way uh, uh, on Saturday. Um, but I think it's very important to to understand and for the American people to understand that um, we need the United States to treat us as an ally and recognize that our future. Our future in this region, our, our our existence is at stake here, and the victory that Israel needs to win yeah. uh, is one that will will dwarf the the victory that we won in the Six Day War. In the sense that, as Prime Minister Netanyahu said, we have to rearrange the pieces on the chessboard that uh, we're we're living on and uh, that means recognizing that Hamas is a proxy of Iran as is Hezbollah in Lebanon and uh, that Iran is directing this entire thing they 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 ordered the strikes they're paying for them um they're providing all of the ammunition and everything that that Hamas needs 93% of Hamas's budget is paid for by Iran um and uh and in order for Israel to um to truly uh uh, remain safe. To be safe, we have to obliterate the let, Hamas regime.
1: Let, let me, me ask you about that, because when there was disengagement back in 2005, I've I've been here for a while, and I know you've been around, so I, I was in meetings when they were discussing that, trying to sell that to evangelicals here in this country. And we we see that those policies in the past have repercussions. And that disengagement in, in allowing uh, self-government there in Gaza, which in two thousand and seven went south with Hamas, uh, we should have seen this coming. Should we have not?
7: Look, um, I think that the answer is, of course, yes. Um, Israel, like the United States, our 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 national security elites, such as they are, um, were seduced by the idea that we could define our enemy for our enemy rather than listen to our enemies and respond to Absolutely. to him and to understand his nature and and so you know the disengagement from from Gaza was an insane policy uh it was obvious at the time many 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 israelis uh and certainly myself uh, were warning against it all along and opposed it with every with every fiber in our being, because we understood that it was going to lead to this,
1: right. as uh, Sharon it,
7: it, simply refused to listen.
1: I, 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 we're going to run out of time, but I, I, from a standpoint of going forward, those external voices mm-hmm. of the international community basically pushing appeasement is what led to that. Mm-hmm. and And I heard a resoluteness in Benjamin Netanyahu's voice yesterday, the Prime Minister. But you're going to finish this. Is this time going to be different?
7: Of course it is. I mean, we had a Holocaust-level atrocity perpetrated against the Jewish people on Saturday. It was something that Israel was established in order to prevent. And Israelis are united in understanding that the Hamas regime in Gaza has to be utterly obliterated. And by the way, what I just wanted to say to, to end this is that it's not just Hamas. Hezbollah has... 250,000 missiles pointing at Israel and it cannot end this war with those uh, with those missiles pointing at Israel or being shot at Israel uh, we have to we have to end their threat against Israel, and finally goes to Iran itself. You know, you have a country there that is a dictatorship that has been threatening the world, and first and foremost, Israel is is on the cusp of nuclear weapons, and its people that want to overthrow that regime, and they should be supported in their efforts. and Iran's effort and, and Iran's uh, attempts or, or steps that it's taken, in large part thanks to the positions of the Biden administration to appease it, towards the nuclear finish line have to be pushed back to such a degree that they won't even try to do it again.
1: Uh, I, I agree. And I know is, Israel understands timing. And this is the moment, I think, that Israel has the ability to take care of business and, and and I think the, the rest of the world, while their attention is there, um, is not going to say much, but that window closes pretty soon.
7: Well, we have a people united behind us, and I think that it's very important for Israel and for our friends abroad like you and your listeners who we, who we truly admire for your support for Israel that would make it clear that what starts in Israel doesn't end with Israel. What starts with the Jews doesn't end with the Jews. Right. The United States knows what jihad is, even if it's pretended it away. And if we don't defeat the forces of jihad led by Iran here, they will be at your doorstep as well tomorrow.
1: Uh, well said. Uh, Carolyn, let me thank you for joining us, um, praying for the safety of all of our friends there in uh, Israel. Thanks for taking time to join us tonight.
7: Thank you very much, and God bless you for your support for Israel. We really appreciate it.
1: All right, Carolyn Glick. You can find out more. Go to the website, TonyPerkins.com, and uh, follow the links over. And, and, and again, be praying for Israel. And th- th- again, the, the threats that they live with daily, what we've seen here is a manifestation of the level of the, the threat. They need to be able to do what they need to do to protect their people. Also be praying for the Congress that they would select the right speaker. Text the word speaker to 67742. All right, folks, out of time for today. I want to thank you for joining us and being part of Washington Watch. And until next time, I leave you once again with the encouraging words of the Apostle Paul. Found in Ephesians 6, where he says, when you've done everything you can do, when you've prayed, when you've prepared, when you've taken your stand, by all means.